Today I'm joined by the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Paul was awesome to have on the podcast. We had a great conversation. Uh, I've been on this kind of barefoot movement where I've started to realize the benefits of being barefoot and then how it helps my body move properly for a while now. And I've never really known the science behind it. I've never really known how to articulate. I've just known that it makes me feel better. And Paul came on and, and really perfectly articulated what I wanted to hear in terms of the risk that we're facing by not respecting the science here and and how much kind of shoes and, and modern seating and, and things like that can hurt our performance and cause injury and cause our bodies to get out of whack and out of alignment. So Paul was awesome to have on the podcast and hear him talk about kind of the steps we can take towards better connecting with our bodies so that we avoid injury and just feel better. So this podcast may surprise some of you guys. It might be an out there idea for you guys. I recommend you listen to the whole podcast. If you're serious about avoiding injury, if you're serious about performing at your best, if you're serious about just feeling good in your own body, this is a super important podcast episode and it's a super important idea. So I really appreciate and I'm grateful that people like Paul are out there spreading this kind of message and helping people um, feel better. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation I had with podiatrist Paul Thompson. All right, Paul, thank you for hopping on the podcast, my man, the barefoot podiatrist. Uh, I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to have a chat. Basketball is not a, a space I've dabbled a lot in. So I'm really excited to, to see what I can help with. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, pick your brain a bit. So what was it initially that kind of made you decide to dive into this area of work? It's definitely unusual, but I like it. So what was it that made you uh, go into this direction? Well, my career started as a podiatrist, so I work with feet anyway. Um, my traditional training was very different. It was more about putting people into rigid support, um, you know, the typical sort of footwear that we'd see in most shoe shops and then orthotics if needed um, to help support people's feet, especially if they're in pain or had dysfunction. But I myself had orthotics and, and had issues with my feet and my knees. Um, for many years, I had a, an ACL repair and it just never quite got right. Mm. So some years ago when my little boy was only a baby, I really started, I'd already looked into some barefoot, I guess, type work and training at that stage. But it was when he was born that, it really hit me and I realized that I really needed to figure out a way to make my body work better so that I could be as active as possible for him growing up and, and not have excuses like sore feet or knees as you know an excuse to not be active with him. So I just went on this mission of learning uh, different techniques and, and looking at research papers and, and just trying to work out what the truth was, I guess, around how feet should work so that I could, yeah, try and fix my own body, but also make sure that my son had the best chance of not ending up like me. And I wanted to make sure that I protect his body now while he's little and grows up healthy. And that's kind of where it all started. And the more I learned, um, it definitely challenged a lot of my like training uh, from university mm. and ideas and, and principles that, yeah, I guess have been part of podiatry for for years and part of our culture for years what we're conditioned to believe we need to wear so 
that was challenging at times, but the truth is, I guess, what I'm always searching for. It's, it's what does our body really need versus what we are told it needs. And yeah, that's just kind of where it's evolved from. And, and I've been pretty lucky and I get to speak to pretty cool people now and, yeah. and, and educate people on, on, I guess, this more natural path and... Yeah, and, that, and that's oh. in, that's incredibly interesting that you kind of took the, say, maybe a more conservative educational approach to podiatry and then through your own self-study and trying to fix your own body and, and through pain, I didn't know that, that that you kind of found different solutions, which is amazing. And it, it is odd to me that this type of research and this type of science and the more that people like you are coming out with, uh, you know, this this seemingly groundbreaking and so counterculture stuff, um, you know, it's looked at as like, um, you know, out there ideas are kind of odd. And, you know, if you spend time barefoot, say that you're, you're looked at a little differently, but when in reality it's, um, you know, it's healthier for body. So could you tell me a little bit about what you kind of found through this process that so you're in pain, you, um, you wanted to fix your body so that your son had a better chance when he got, you know, older, not to have the same issues that you did. What would you kind of find through that process? Yeah, so initially I went around it the wrong way. I just tried to change my shoes. It made sense to me and there was enough, I guess I believed enough that, you know, ditching the, the stacked heels and, you know, all the features in shoes that um, can cause issues. I, I knew that I had to get rid of that to help get my body into better alignment. But I literally ditched the shoes overnight. Mm. Um, back in the day, I think I went into Nike free initially so pretty little support they still had a bit of a, a heel raise but for me it felt good at first and I was you know really into it but I found that some of the pains actually got worse um, the more I was barefoot so what I learned was it's not about just switching the shoes up it's more about actually correcting movement patterns so as humans we're basically just a, a bunch of patterns, right? We do different movements that are pretty similar, but they just can look different depending on what we're doing. Okay, so like a squat at a gym is obviously a squat, but it can also, that same movement pattern is how we essentially deadlift or how babies pick things up off the ground um, or crawl, like crawling and squatting are kind of pretty similar movements. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other movements that are, kind of similar that we learn as babies and what I've found is through things like the shoes um, you know through prolonged sitting even diet that we can start to mess up those movement patterns that we develop as kids and that we should have for our whole life we start to mess them up and once they're out of whack that's when we start to develop imbalances and reduce performance um, end up with you know pain injury so the big message i think with the whole barefoot movement is getting on top of those movement patterns first getting back in control of your body and then the barefoot shoe that just helps keep you in a better position mm. okay so the shoe is not there to necessarily fix everything it's just there to help um like protect your foot without interfering with those movement patterns but you still need to correct the pattern first mm. so the foot that's interesting so the foot isn't necessarily the fix-all being barefoot isn't the fix-all it's almost just um, a means of removing the crutch of maybe a, a elevated heel or something that throws you out of alignment so 
what are mm. some what are some of the things we can do to kind of start to help fix our movement like you said i think first and foremost it's either being assessed or or learning ways to assess yourself so that you can actually work out what the dysfunction is yeah. that's kind of the hardest part yeah. and it's why i think it's almost taboo um, in the health world this whole barefoot thing because it's not understood very well I'm just really lucky that I've done like so many courses now and, and different studies on myself and clients that I'm starting to work out these patterns yeah. and I'm starting to know what to look for you know so if you can't squat deeply with your heels on the ground and your feet facing um, like fairly straight then chances are you've got a, a breakdown and a pattern somewhere. Same as standing on one leg. If you can't stand on one leg for you know, a good 10 seconds, ideally with your eyes closed, then there's a breakdown in that pattern too. Okay, because walking, which is something we do you know, up to 10,000 steps a day, um, and then running on top of that with basketball, even we're on one leg a lot of the time. So we should be checking in with ourselves fairly regularly. Like, how do I actually hold up on one leg? You know, yeah. Can I do it with balance, with control, with stability? Because if not, every step you take when you're up on that one leg or when you land on one leg on the court, whatever it may be, you're putting yourself at risk of injury, right? Because if you can't just do it in a controlled setting, what's going to happen when you've got you know, a ball flying at you, you've got... Uh, momentum that you're trying to stop and you're on that one leg it's, you're just kind of putting um, a lot of hope that you're not going to roll your ankle or blow your knee out yeah. because you don't have the stability there so there are a couple of things I'd be checking regularly the single leg balance and the and the squat easy things you can check yourself there's a bunch of info online about squatting like how to squat naturally mm. and it's not with weights it's just literally can you squat um, so yeah, basically these movements like standing on one leg and then, and trying to squat with your heels down, these are kind of movements that are almost like a test and reflexive of kind of where your body is in terms of alignment. So if you can't stand on one leg properly, if you can't squat properly, um, essentially your body's in some way out of a line and, and before you do anything like more full speed in a controlled setting, you need to start working on those things to, to help prevent injury. Yeah. Is that kind of the, is that a good way of putting it a little bit? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So it's a bit of a screening tool. Yeah, so a screening tool. And then online, you're saying there's resources um, to kind of incorporate. So for me personally, like my squat, I've been aware of the fact that my squat isn't good enough yet and that it, it means that I'm putting probably unnecessary pressure on maybe my hips and back. So what would you say to someone like me who who is aware that their squat, you know, isn't perfect or needs work, isn't an alignment? Where do I go from there? Do I start looking up videos on you know, how to get a more natural squat and, and can you point me in the right direction there? It depends how tuned in you are with your body, I guess. Like, yeah. You need to look at, so once there's a breakdown in, in a pattern, um, then you need to figure out where it's coming from. Is it a strength issue? So it could be that your core or your hips or your feet just aren't strong enough to maintain that pattern. It could be a range of motion issue. So quite often with like a lot of the, the issues I see, it comes down to either the big toe, the ankle or the hips being too stiff. 
and that changes the squat pattern but like in my world more importantly it changes walking patterns um so it can shorten your stride or or make you turn your feet out like a duck more to get around those stiff joints but if strength and mobility are okay then quite often it's the third one which is motor control it's just that your brain's forgotten how to get through that pattern Mm. efficiently so I guess if you know you've identified there's an issue I'd well, even what, be going to find someone to help you break down those patterns. Well, even and, even what you just said brought me value in that, like maybe I hadn't thought before that maybe my ankles are stiff, maybe it's my hip, maybe it's my core. Just even you giving me those points to keep in mind now that I, I can be more body aware rather than just saying I can't squat, I can't squat, you know. Mm. So so it's easy for you to maybe think that's common knowledge, but for me hearing that, I'm like, okay, make sure your you know your ankles are more flexible because that's a that's a new type of information for me, like. Squatting, I would never think has to do with my ankles, but you're saying it starts at the feet. It can go all the way up to the hips. There's these points yeah. we can tune into and become more aware of. And the big thing with ankles, I see stiff ankles all the time. And one of the like biggest issues in our modern world is most shoes have a raised heel. They have anything from like one centimeter. So I'm not sure what that translates to probably half an inch or something, mm-hmm. um, the heel's raised compared to the height of the forefoot of the shoe. So if you look at like a, a woman's high heel, it's pretty obvious to see that there's a, a raised heel, right? In a jogger or a basketball shoe, a lot of them still have a raised heel. It's just a lot lower than like a stiletto, but it's still there. And what that does is shortens your Achilles, shortens your calves, as well as change the center of gravity, so it tips you forward, so it changes hip position and changes where your core functions. But from a, like a really simple point of view, it's it's shortening that Achilles type area, mm. which changes the range of motion. So if you're in a heeled shoe for a lot of the time, which most of us kind of are, if we're you know at work in a, a dress shoe or we whatever it may be, we t- we spend a lot of time in shoes if they've got a raised heel. You're putting that ankle in a position that it doesn't go through its full range of motion very often. So then when you go to try and use that full range of motion in a squat or even like a lunge or you get into a position on the court where you need a bit more ankle range, you just don't have it anymore because you haven't had to use it for so long. So that's where part of this barefoot movement is really powerful in that once you get on top of these patterns, having a flatter shoe or spending more time barefoot allows you to use that ankle range of motion and hip range of motion more efficiently. So the more you use it, the, the more it's just going to stay there and become you know stronger. You can tap into it better. And that's what's crazy is that, you know, if I went down the line on the people I spend most time with and I looked at what they're wearing on their shoes, 90% of the time, it's something that with it has a heel raised. And this is just something people aren't talking about enough. Uh, I mean, there's definitely pockets of people talking about it, but when it comes to the broad common knowledge of, you know, the the fact that your shoe is lifted and it's putting your hip and everything out of alignment from the get go, it's, it could give you so many solutions as to why you're feeling pain and why people are feeling so much pain for me in particular. Um, the hip pain was a big one. So I get really tight hips and, and extremely tight hips. And to hear you, I've listened to some of your work and to hear that the foot could be a big component of that is that because my 
say my heel maybe has been lifted for a set amount of time and that it's putting my hips out of alignment and that causes the stiffness in my hips? Yeah, it can be. It can be. Well, that's a big one for sure. Because um, one of the big issues, right, is with the heel, if you were to try and stay really aligned and, and stacked in your body and put a heel under your foot, you'd be leaning forward like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? <laughs> yeah. That's essentially how we'd be walking around. So what we do to try and compensate for that is we like shorten the calf and the Achilles, but then we tilt the pelvis and arch the back to stand up straight, mm. right? Our brain's really good at keeping us upright because it's a our, our brain wants equilibrium. Right? We want to be balanced walking around. So it'll do anything it needs to do to compensate through the body. But over time, if you're constantly in that position, it's going to change the way that the glutes fire, changes the way the core muscles fire. And that's where you can start getting what your body will start to perceive that it's a bit of a threat because your pelvis is out of alignment and it can start locking up muscles or you start losing range of motion um, like around the hip as well as the ankle. But yeah, definitely a lot of hip stuff comes from shoes. But the other big one's sitting. You know, we don't talk enough about how long people are sitting. And again, like say you're, you know, you're sitting in an office job, eight, 10 hours a day, whatever it might be. Then you go and want to play a, a game of basketball in the afternoon after you've been sitting for eight hours. Like you're going to get hip pain, right? Because <laughs> you've locked your hip up all day. Yeah. Then you want to go and smash yourself playing, you know, a physical sport, jumping around and, um, like your hips and like, it's just yeah. we just it's, it's, when you think about it it's kind of like oh damn that kind of makes sense but we just don't acknowledge it it's just like well sport's good for us and sport is good for us but not when we're you know, sitting all day we're in stacked I mean shoes with a heel shoes that are too narrow that are putting our feet into just horrible positions and then we go and try and smash our bodies you know with sport and wonder why we're getting hurt it's just because we're not our bodies aren't set up for that sport anymore because we've become so sedentary and and our feet become so rigid and stiff and just we're just not tuned into our bodies anymore yeah and it's it's incredible that there's so much risk and 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 not respecting this type of science and then even you just saying the sitting I've become slightly more aware of the fact that you know just sitting alone is so unnatural for our bodies and as I've become aware of it I've kind of I'm just anytime I find myself needing to wear like normal shoes or sitting in a chair for a long period of time it's almost killing me so what do you recommend people do as a you know a low low hanging fruit and how they can kind of be introduced to this topic without changing their entire lifestyle do you recommend them you know just dabble with some barefoot walking what do you and then in terms of the sitting you know what can we point people to to do that you know wouldn't drastically change their lifestyle because for a lot of people you know this is such a new idea that um, mm. it almost, you know, offends them in a way that like, no, this can't be true. You know, look at everybody else in the <laughs> yeah. world. So what, what can we tell people to do without blowing them away right away? Well, I think it's getting your head around what's normal versus natural. Mm. Okay. So I love that. You, but you're right. Like you look around and say, well, yeah, they're wearing the shoes. They're sitting in chairs. They look pretty comfy. Like, why can't I do that? And that has become normal, but it's only become normal because so many people do it. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like saying, you know, I don't know, it's like eating 
yeah, eating he, fries eating fries is normal it's like well i guess it is like because they serve <laughs> it those meals but yeah it's definitely not a natural food we know it's not that good for us um whether you choose to eat it or not like that's up to you it's not a, like no one's here to judge but it's like you know what i mean it's like common knowledge that it's not that good for you totally and it's it's the same as sitting and wearing um, the shoes of the heel in my eyes it's, it's just getting that head around like yes a lot of people wear it we're constantly told we need to wear supported shoes or you know we're told by the workplace that we need to sit all day to do our to do our job and yes it's normal but it's 100 not natural we're not designed to be sitting all day we're not designed to be in a shoe with a heel we're not designed to be in a shoe that doesn't allow our feet to move naturally so to introduce yourself to it from a sitting point of view if your workplace does require just sitting for long periods of time and there's nothing you can do about it or school yeah and even school then every sort of half an hour 40 minutes you can just sort of get up and have a quick little stretch or just walk around your table even just to get up and move helps your blood flow just actually just helps them like get the joints moving that'd be better than nothing but ideally you want to be able to you know try and get up into maybe a standing desk um and go between like sitting standing walking you know just moving more through the day which is obviously good just like moving is good anyway but for the joints and posture it's also really powerful to keep the muscles and joints and everything um strong and moving through the day as well absolutely yeah sorry now continue i'm sorry all right so with the shoe side of things um similar thing right to introduce yourself if you don't want to go out and change uh footwear or or start going barefoot more in public you know a simple thing you can do if you're in the office and you're allowed to you could ask if you can kick your shoes off just while you're working perhaps but you know at a very minimum adopting a a no shoe rule at home can be quite powerful because i see a lot of clients that they'll be you know at work or school all day in shoes they'll get home shoes are still on and they might go to their sport that they do um, so the shoes are on there too they're just in shoes essentially for you know from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed so a shoe off at home kind of rule yeah. can be powerful in that you've got some time in the morning that you're just getting around uh, barefoot and I want to cut uh, you off yeah. there real fast yeah. if you don't mind um, yeah. we've talked a lot about like the risk of, of wearing shoes and kind of the, the harm they can do can you talk to me a little bit more in depth because I want to hear you, how you articulate it and just like the benefits I've heard you talk kind of about the neurological stuff the number of joints we have in our feet can you kind of articulate that for me because I try to explain the benefits to people sometimes too and it's hard for me to find the words for it what are the benefits of being barefoot rather than just the risks of not doing it yeah, sure. So we've got like a quarter of the bones in our body or in our feet. You've got like around 33 joints wow. in our feet and joints are designed to move, right? So where we have joints in our body, so our elbow, for instance, that's there so we can bend our arm to feed ourselves. <laughs> okay, it's not just there because it looks cool yeah. or because someone decided, oh, we needed like an elbow. It's like we've evolved to have that to feed ourselves. Same as knees, hips, like everything, all those joints are there to to move. Our hands, like we have heaps of joints in the hands too, so we can pick things up, right? 
feet are the same. We've got 33 joints, which is heaps of joints in that small little space at the end of our leg. And it's designed to move. It's designed to, to be going over different surfaces. So whether it's rock, sand, concrete, whatever it may be, that's what the foot's designed to do. There's around 200,000 nerve endings in the feet. So the, the feet are really densely rich with nerves. It's on par with fingertips and lips with how many nerves we have. And that's because they're designed to feel, right? They're not designed to be stuck in a shoe and just feeling the one sensation all day. They're designed to feel the surface underneath it. So again, whether it's grass, sand, rocks, whatever it may be, the nerves give the brain instant feedback mm. to fire off whatever muscle it may, may be at that given time to keep us safe and and powerful and stable so whether that's to improve balance um, if you're loading the foot up and about to jump the foot right up through the hips will be talking to each other to create more power and torque in that jump to give you a better more stable jump same as on your land but yeah with the shoes we start to put a layer of um, like cushioning or even just with um yeah, the, the surface of the shoe, that it's the same all the time. We start to lose that feedback from the nerves. The muscles can fire a bit slower or not quite fire, yeah, fire when they should. Mm. So it changes those patterns because the brain's not getting all the feedback it needs. Like if you walk around with gloves on all day, mm. your hands are going to work very different to how they work when you can really feel. Like it'd be really hard to do really fine work and get the hand doing what it really should be doing with really thick gloves on, right? And cushion gloves. Yeah. Versus trying to do intricate work with bare hands. And it's similar with the feet. The feet are trying to do intricate work and tell the brain what's happening to keep us stable. But we're putting that layer of cushioning. So the benefits of going barefoot is that the foot can do what it's meant to do, which is change to different surfaces and use all those joints. But more importantly, it allows those nerves and sensory parts in the foot to tell the brain what's happening at any given time for improved performance, reduced risk of injury, and improved balance. It's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. And uh, it just makes me want to be barefoot all the time. And I, I've kind of only gotten into this this past year, starting to adopt some barefoot shoes. Um, and, and that they have that flat heat for those that don't know, they kind of have a flat heel and, and it almost feels like it's just a paper layer just to protect the skin. And then the toe, the toes are wider so that my move, my feet can almost move as if their hands, they can crunkle, do whatever they want. It's wild to me being in the basketball community. So, and I remember being a younger kid and just buying in so deeply to like the more padding, the better, like, Oh, these shoes have incredible support. Um, I remember I used to even wear two socks to add to the support. And a lot of my friends did this, <laughs> this teammates did the same. So it was like, Oh, my feet are on clouds. Like I can't feel a thing. And to grow up and to hear like, Oh my gosh, the damage I might've been doing without that, that kind of neurological connection between like how I land or, or how things are actually feeling on my feet. Um, because you just have so much cushion. So essentially my body would be moving the way it wasn't supposed to be moving. And, and it became so apparent once I started to wear these barefoot shoes and I would try to warm up basketball wise with these barefoot shoes on and try to do some of the movements in basketball that I would do in my basketball shoes. And I just started to realize like, oh my gosh, like when I do this move and my heel just dives into the ground, this hurts. Like this is probably not good for my body. Um, mm. And so it's been really 
odd to kind of see and try to wear these barefoot shoes and then to also realize that like half of the things I do on the basketball floor hurt when I wear these type of shoes this can't be good so I don't even know how to form this question but what is kind of your opinion on that in terms of like this sport being almost a crutch and that half the moves that we do are almost not even natural because we've learned to do them in unnatural shoes do you think that this will change do you think that maybe companies like Nike will adopt finally a, a type of barefoot shoe that makes athletes more supported or do you think we're just so dependent in the sport world that you know it's like almost we're too deep yeah i think to a point we're too deep especially when it comes to like sporting shoes because the risk is so nike has dabbled with like barefoot shoes Mm. but you you know the five finger shoes like vibram five fingers yeah almost like a glove on your feet right yeah so essentially I think um, what happened with them is probably scared a lot of shoe companies off so essentially when they got you know big and part of their issue was they were marketing the shoes as you know they were going to it'd be better for your feet and rah 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 which I agree they are but what they didn't really put across very well in their marketing was that if you have any instabilities there from the previous shoes you're in, you really need to work through them before transitioning to the barefoot shoe, right? So there was a lot of marathon runners and you know weekend runners that were wearing a normal jogger with a raised heel and you know tight toe box and, and all the rest, and then all jumped on board the barefoot um, five finger wagon, and a lot of them got hurt. Mm because you know they would have had tight Achilles or yeah. these really bad patterns and then when they started to use the feet more naturally their body just didn't cope and they were still running big K's they weren't you know training and transitioning into it slowly and fixing things along the way it was just oh that's it says it's better for me I'm going to wear them let's go and run a marathon tomorrow in them you know and then wondering why their knees exploded or absolutely got foot pain so Vibram ended up with a major lawsuit and pretty sure they got sued from memory. Um, it was like a class action thing against the, the company. But the issue with that is that people then were like, oh, well, barefoot shoes are bad. Yeah. yeah. They got sued. People got hurt in them. That's obviously not a good thing. But it wasn't the shoe. Yeah. So like moving forward, I, I can't see a lot of the big brand names jumping on board, especially with sporting shoes. So like your basketball shoes, football shoes. Um, whatever it may be because they're the people that are probably most at risk by changing shoe quickly yeah and the movement and the movements we do in sports are almost so drastic but um and that and that what you just said hit home for me i remember when i got my first pair of barefoot shoes i was so stoked about them that i got my sister a pair and and she runs hills and i was like you know you should be running in these they're better for you and and she just went for it right away running her normal routine Mm. and she was just in so much pain that she was like no i can't i can't do these these are these aren't for me and i i kind of tried to encourage her i was like no it'll take time but um that is a good point and that we can't just jump from how we've been living for so long into full-on competition and what i've found is you know if we do still wear these heeled cushion nikes when we play basketball or whatever the athletic performance is i've found that by strengthening my feet in other directions and, and and trying to spend more time barefoot when i'm training or barefoot shoes whenever i can and 
I do start moving a little bit different on the basketball court in better ways. I'm starting to run a little bit different, starting to be on my toes more so than say my heel. And we can still wear these padded shoes, you know, for a smaller majority of the time and still reap the benefits. But in terms of going from out of alignment, you know, wearing shoes all the time to kind of trying to realign, what's that process kind of look like? I know there's not a cookie cutter solution, but how do our bodies kind of react and, and how's that process and that timeline kind of look? Do we take it super slow or, you know, and just slowly progress? How's that kind of look? Yeah, it kind of differs for everybody. Like I find some people it definitely takes more time. Depends how, how beat up your body is and how um, strong those dysfunctional patterns like are. So I guess how it looks is you need to initially make sure you've got the right range of motion. You know, so it's the ankles, the hips, making sure that you can actually get into those positions that you need to in a barefoot, like or in bare feet. Okay, so you're not relying on the shoe to, to get into those the like squats and um, and the single leg sort of balance thing. But then it's about working on patterns initially. So it's some real simple stuff like getting down and doing some crawling type patterns I quite often get people doing, working on core strength and then a lot of just foot drills that will start off really simple. So on my Instagram, there's, there's one called um, the short foot that I normally put up every couple of months because it's really important. So it's basically where you keep the even pressure under four parts of your foot. So under the little toe joint, under the big toe joint, the inside and outside of heel they should have even pressure on them. And then you're almost trying to like cup the arch of your foot. So you're squeezing the muscle um, in the arch. So it makes your foot go shorter, if that makes sense. Um, so you, yeah, you're kind of drawing the ball of the foot back towards the heel, but keeping the toes fairly relaxed and keeping those four points of contact. Mm. So you're starting to create like an arch and create stability and strength through the foot almost like, a, like almost like f- just flexing your foot while keeping all fours on the ground yeah i'm, I'm yeah. doing it as you speak <laughs> so for some people that can take you know a couple of seconds and it's like oh yeah it might cramp a few times and you know and then it might be sore like afterwards so that you're actually working a muscle mm-hmm. um but for other people i find it can take like two three weeks just to get your brain to connect to the foot again Wow. Some people are just, you know, they just haven't used their feet for that long. There's just a huge disconnect and it just takes like time and patience to actually get the brain to fire the muscles again. Mm-hmm. You know, and one little tip I, I do is if people are really struggling is tapping that muscle on the side of the arch. So it's where the big toe joint is on the side and it runs down across the side of the arch. That's the muscle we're sort of firing. So just getting one finger and just tapping it while you're trying to do that movement of squeezing the arch, um, that can be powerful and just giving some external feedback to the muscle and, and help the brain kind of work out what you're trying to do. But then that movement is essentially the foundation of a lot of the barefoot training drills that I do. Mm. So then we'll get into bigger positions, um, whether it's like a walking type pattern, jumping patterns, but we're always trying to get back into that stable um, contracted foot with like a soft knee, hips should be on and firing, so the glutes should be on. Um, that's kind of what I guess the rehab looks like in getting back to a functional 
um, foot and functional body. And then if you want to take it further, you'd go more sports specific. So like what you're doing um, with basketball, you know, you'd get out on the court and run through different drills and things that look like basketball and feel like basketball, mm-hmm. but with bare feet and, and trying to work on keeping those muscles firing that should be firing. And then if you want to wear the shoes, you know, for game day, but that's fine, especially at the moment when there's not really any other options um, to get into on the court. Mm-hmm. But I think it's yeah really important the the stuff you're doing off the court because let's face it right like the one hour or a couple of hours a week that you're doing you know for basketball mm. even if you played one hour every day it's only five hours it's the other you know bunch of hours for the rest of the day every day absolutely that you're putting in more time and effort to getting a more functional body and if you've taught those muscles like when you jump this is what should be firing and how it should feel you know sure it's going to change a bit when the shoe's back on but those patterns should still be there and your brain kind of knows what it should be doing so you should find that you're less dysfunctional in those basketball shoes if you've put the time and effort into re, you know correcting the movements and then strengthening up those parts of the body I love that. And I love that you're, it comes down to really just encouraging people to get to know their bodies better. That's kind of the theme of all the answers I've received is there's a lot mm-hmm. of different ways to go about this, but it comes down to like the bear, being barefoot and just getting more in touch with, you know, the way you're aligned is, is coming in touch with who you are, how your body's performing, how your body's reacting. And if you can make that time to be barefoot, you get to really get to know your body a lot better than you would had you just had these say gloves on your feet all the time. So for me, even mm-hmm. like you said, just, starting off really easy and just being barefoot and for the first 10 minutes on the court I'm barefoot and I'm going slow and very slow and at first it doesn't feel right and things hurt and my heels hurt but then I start to realize okay when I put my foot this way and land this way my body's softer and this is how my body wants to react and then like you said just one hour even an hour and a half a day of wearing your basketball shoes that maybe aren't the most natural or most healthy things you're starting to learn how to use your body and get to know your body better which is awesome. Mm. And I love what you're doing because you really are, you know, putting out this message of, you know, inspiring people and, and encouraging people just to get to their, get to know their bodies better. And it comes down to just feeling better, performing better, whether it's on the court, off the court, whether it's any sport or just being a normal human, it comes down to just feeling better and, and having less pain. So I appreciate I it's what like you're doing. a really important like, message anyway, like what you just said about you know, learning to know your body better because when you think about it, this is like our vessel that gets us around, you know, day to day for our whole life, right? And we spend normally more time um, and money on our cars than we do our own body because we know our cars get us from A to B and we don't want our car to break down because that can be really inconvenient. So, you know, we'll wash our car and spend time maintaining the car, spend money maintaining the car. But yet for a lot of us, we just take our, our own body, which is, like another vessel that gets us around every day and lets us do cool things and play cool sports, we take it for granted. So I think it's really important that we just start to understand how our bodies work more. And, you know, like my big thing is to help empower people to to start maintaining their own body. You know, and if barefoot doesn't feel or look right for you right now, that's cool. As long as you understand like what's happening with your body and you make a decision that, like is best for you and your body right now, but that's all anyone can ask. But I think it's just about getting that message out there so people are actually aware of 
how they can look after their body more and, and what they can be looking for, um, you know, for signs and, and symptoms of when things may not be going so right. And uh, I think that's a awesome way to put it. It's just really that in starting the conversation even is doing so much. Even that's how it happened for me. It wasn't something that I heard and immediately like activated, but just hearing something like this and, and introducing this so we can shift our awareness, we've become so much more aware and then maybe say this is something that you kind of dismiss right away, but it's in the back of your mind and then you might start noticing different things that you might not have noticed. And through that, you know, you kind of realize that it, it is more necessary than we think. So I love that. I love the message you're putting out there. I think that's a great way to wrap this up. Um, is there anything else you want to close with? Anything else we might have missed that you think is important to touch on? No, I think just, yeah, start looking at your shoes. Start, I guess, trying to research um, and just look into, yeah, does your shoe have a heel? You know, when can I start to reduce that heel? Is there times in the day that I don't really need to rely on that? So it might be, you know, you're sitting a lot at work. So, you know, why not introduce a, a barefoot kind of dress shoe with a lower heel when you're not really walking anyway? So at least you can have that foot lower on the ground when you're sitting like just when can you adopt these things that aren't going to be a huge disruption to your life um but yeah do it slowly and if you want to start incorporating some barefoot training into your basketball it could be as simple as just before you um like train or before you walk uh sorry before you play get your shoes off and, and do your warm-up or even just your stretches barefoot you know, if you're really locked up and you know you have like Achilles issues or knee issues, yeah, don't do a full training session barefoot. But by all means, you could stretch barefoot. You could just go for a little, you know, two-minute walk barefoot before you start training just to get those nerves in your feet, um, like, switched on and, and let your body know that you mean business and that you want the whole body to be part of this, you know, training session or, or basketball game. You know, and then put your shoes on and that could be enough to just start that ball rolling of, of transitioning into this um, sort of barefoot approach. I love that. I love everything you've said. I really appreciate you articulating things so smoothly. These are things I've, if I tried, I, it would take me hours to articulate what you do in you know, a minute. So I really appreciate you articulating this, not only for me, but for my audience. Where can people find you? Where can I send them? Because I know you put out content, like you said, those videos that show people different exercises. Where can we find you? So on social media, Instagram and Facebook, it's just The Barefoot Podiatrist. And if you want to reach out, I try and get back to people on there uh, when I can. Otherwise, uh, my website is thebarefootmovement.com.au. And yeah, I'm normally trying to put more content up on there too. And um, yeah, it's kind of constantly evolving different events and things that that I have coming up. I normally put on there as well. So they're probably the, the main ways to find me. Sweet. Um, I'm definitely going to point my audience to your page and I really appreciate you for hopping on the podcast my man again I really appreciate what you're doing just in general the work you're doing is is a very noble way of trying to change the culture I know it may not seem that way but these small things um, that we can do to our body are, are such major shifts in culture and they're such quote unquote out there ideas but it's the people like you that are shifting the culture and that are making people more in tune with their bodies. So I'm grateful for you taking the time to talk to me and, uh, and for helping teach me and my audience. So thanks for hopping on the podcast, Paul. No, not a problem. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate 
yeah the opportunity that does it for that episode thanks for listening guys if you're one of those people that listen to the whole episode hats off to you i love you for that like that information you're learning on this podcast hopefully it's going to help benefit your life and and just by squeezing in some headphones and, and trying to listen to this and the down times of your day you're receiving crazy information that's going to help you become a better hooper and a better human so hats off to you for listening to the entirety of this podcast if you could do me one more favor and just leave me a review, leave me a rating, maybe a comment on the Apple iTunes app. It does me uh, a great favor in helping me get new podcast guests. Help me get some more podcast credibility by giving me a review, a rating, whatever. Five stars if you like it. And uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you guys' support. I'm excited to do more of these. we got some epic podcast episodes coming up. So I will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening.